Welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for August 25th. It's a Tuesday, and we are coming to you from glorious, glamorous, exotic Langley. <laughs> um, we weren't really sure when we'd be coming back, to be honest. Uh, we went into isolation due to COVID in mid-March, and we've been doing everything we can to flatten the curve and follow the appropriate protocols um, to look after everybody's health ever since. Uh, but we found ourselves very recently in an unusual situation, and uh, you may think us crazy for having done what we did, and I wouldn't blame you. Um, but we found ourselves with a sort of a confluence of events where um, we had some pipes, a pipe burst in our unit. And uh, this was a couple months ago. And so the pipe was repaired, but there was water damage in the walls. Uh, that the property owner said we basically needed to vacate the unit for a week so that they could do a proper set of repairs on that. Uh, functionally, potentially knocking down and replacing a wall. We're actually not going to yeah. know exactly what they've done until we go back. We're hoping to go home to a nice upgraded place <laughs> for the rest of our isolation, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we had to leave the unit for a week. Uh, so that was part of it. As well, with my day job, I have to take a minimum amount of vacation every year. Uh, and I think that's a fantastic policy. Uh, mm -hmm. It's for mental health and things like that. They made allowances for COVID where they increased the carry forward of vacation time by double. But uh, that still required me to take a week because I had taken a week at the end of February, which I talked about in our previous podcast all the way back in February. Uh, and so I needed to take a second week. As well, um, school in some form is returning uh, in September in our jurisdiction, our district. Uh, and so we were supposedly, yeah, and that's the thing too, like that is a fluid situation that could change by the time we release this podcast. We don't Absolutely. know. But uh, so with all that happening, plus, uh, you know, we had been cooped up uh, since mid-March in our, in our place. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we adapted well and we responded well and we took things very seriously. But uh, I think uh, a break was becoming necessary for everyone's mental health as well. For sure. uh, it's not like we were at each other's throats or anything like that. But it's just that when your work and your home and everything else is all in a, a relatively small space... Um, that's just not great. And I mean, we've talked about before on the podcast how study after study shows when you take a vacation, it has all these positive mental health impacts. Your productivity at work generally goes up for months before and weeks after yeah. uh, a trip and things like that. Um, and so many more. You can you know easily find those things yourself. So um, that was just something that, uh, you know, all those reasons, those like sort of four different reasons all came together. So we decided, okay, we were going to take a trip of some kind. But how do you do that safely yeah. uh, in the days of COVID in August 2020? So we thought, okay, first off, we had to rule leaving Canada. We're based in Canada, if you weren't aware. Uh, and Canada's borders are closed to leisure travel. So that was just simply not an option for us. Some people don't follow that rule. <laughs> yeah, some people have tried to find ways around that rule, which we do not advise. And I want to make that abundantly clear. While we did travel this week in the midst of COVID, do not risk your lives for travel. Certainly not. Uh, or the health and safety of other people. Uh, mm -hmm. or, or increase the strain on the medical system mm -hmm. uh, as much as possible. So that's something that we were keeping in mind. And so we're in British Columbia on the west coast of Canada. And so the next part of our decision making was for this trip to look at the various provinces in Canada, uh, states to our U.S. friends. Mm -hmm. And we found that B.C. for most of the metrics came in fourth, while our neighbors to the east, Alberta, came in third. And so we couldn't in good conscience 
go from the fourth most dangerous to the third most dangerous yeah. area for this illness. Uh, and so uh, we decided, okay, we're staying within our within our own province. Uh, was a decision we made. In terms of getting around, uh, we ruled out flights very early. Uh, there was one day where Vancouver International Airport, YVR is the airport code that people often refer to it as, YVR. YVR had seven different flights go through it that had COVID positive uh, passengers. So we ruled that out pretty quickly. For sure. uh, we looked at some ferries. Um, they've done some things. They've, they've changed throughout, um, but we ultimately ruled it out just because, again, confined space with other people. So ultimately, that left one inevitable conclusion road trip which suits us fine it really does we've done plenty of road trips this vacation impossible adventure of ours began with a road trip so uh and so from there we said okay it's a road trip within bc now what yeah more (laughs) Uh, importantly now where Yes, exactly. And why? Why? It was important, <laughs> too. I mean, we had a reason to go, but did we have a, like, we had a reason to leave. Did we have a reason to go to somewhere? Yeah. We had a good reason to go from somewhere uh, for, I think, valid reasons. So we did a, a lot of different research looking at different things. In order to book a campsite, that required booking a month in advance, and we had left it a little too late. It, was, it wasn't, because, um, I mean, we didn't plan on traveling at all. Um, but then these things all started coming together relatively quickly for us. Yeah. So um, we looked at renting an RV, but that's a very popular option right now. So I think like the costs were starting like twelve hundred to two thousand just to begin base cost. Yeah. That uh, yeah, and, and that was just for a couple of days too. I think it was like a weekend or something. Yeah, something like ridiculous. that. So I mean, and so people are pursuing those options, and if you have the means and the availability, those are probably relatively yeah, safe sure. things. Uh, ultimately, we decided to go to a. A, a relatively small community in British Columbia, sort of northeast of Vancouver, called Vernon, uh, for the silliest reason. <laughs> we were looking at a lot of different hotels, and this hotel had some sort of a creek, a natural creek running through the hotel. And I became fixated on this. Yeah. I had to see the creek. Um, it was like, and it was interesting. It, in a way, it was a, it was a bright light for me because, like, a lot of times when I when I point somewhere on a map and say I want to go there, which I don't do very often, I normally let the price be my determinant. Yeah. Normally, I say I'll go when the cruise is cheap, for example, uh, not because it goes to a particular place. That way, maybe I can go on six cruises in a year, like I did in 2016, <laughs> and maybe will again in 2021. We certainly hope. But the uh, yeah, so it was nice having something that I'd never seen before. Uh, specific that I wanted to see as a destination. Um, And so we took it easy and slow. And so um, over the last week, I think we've refined how you can safely take a road trip in this time if you have sort of the need or the situation that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. So uh, some important things that we found that help. Uh, Number one with a bullet has to be, I think, wearing a mask. Yeah. So we have brought along, uh, we brought along a lot of masks. We had some various different homemade ones uh, Mm -hmm. that that Mindy had made. Um, And so we learned pretty quickly which ones work better than others in terms of how much fabric to use. Yeah. So that was helpful. Uh, so definitely wearing a mask. Now, one thing that was interesting on this trip was uh, we often were the only ones wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, or mask wearing was in the vast minority. For sure. We went into this lovely uh, cafe a couple of times, Bean to Cup, 
That's, that's what it's called. Bean right? to cup, yeah. Yeah, bean to cup in Vernon, which is lovely. I highly recommend yeah, it. Was, absolutely. When it works, you can pre order online for pickup. They even do curbside delivery. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when we tried that, it didn't work um, because they manually accept the order. And if they don't catch it within like three minutes, then it cancels automatically. Yeah, it's interesting. So we had to physically go in. Um, and that was fine. They had sort of that blast shield up where you order and pay. Uh, and they were lovely, lovely people. But we walked in and they said, Are you from Calgary or Vancouver? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was because we were wearing masks yeah he, he was starting to say it's because we were wearing the mask but then i think he was kind of like oh maybe i shouldn't say that yeah well, <laughs> i don't think he wanted to kind of denigrate his town a little all that much well and it's it is disturbing oh. how how mask wearing has become sort of a charged topic which yeah. I, don't, I won't dive into too much except to say that vacation impossible wholeheartedly agrees with wearing masks during this time if Absolutely. you if you medically can Absolutely. as much as you can uh, and so, yeah, there were often times where we got strange looks, uh, mm. and I think it was possibly because of the mask. I don't know. Maybe it's the Vacation yeah. Impossible bumper sticker on the car. Uh, <laughs> our, our car's a little beaten up, too, and makes some funny sounds. So uh, maybe it's that. I don't know. Maybe we're just funny looking. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was my hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Uh, and so I, you know, I, I'm jumping to a conclusion that it was the mask and I sincerely hope it wasn't, but, uh, I will say unreservedly, uh, that Vacation Possible encourages mask wearing until we have a vaccine as much as yeah. medically recommended impossible. Um, so that's an important part. Another part was hand sanitizer. You've heard a lot of these things mm-hmm. before, but we have, uh, we bought a bunch of little Purell containers that we have little bottles like the travel size ones you can get from the dollar store yeah and then we have some like we we each have our own as well as we have a few in the car yeah um and we use sanitizer as provided or mandated some places mandate before you walk in you have to sanitize your hands and that's totally fine yeah uh we're happy to comply with that uh and so basically every time we went back to the car if we had touched anything uh, we would sanitize our hands. Yeah. And that's something that we'd been doing in Vancouver previously when we go buy groceries and things like that anyways. So that was part of our habit along with the mask. Exactly. Neither of those was particularly new, um, but that helped. Um, and uh, also, I mean, social distancing as much as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the three of us might be in an elevator at one time, but never with any other groups of people and trying to politely keep our distance. And that wasn't that wasn't a problem. Nobody nobody was giving us funny looks for hand sanitizing or keeping our distance, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I forgot myself the other day and when, when we were at one of the hotels and I, I waited for a lady to get in because she was older. And, uh, but you know, we did the, you know, socially distanced thing and the thing and, uh, though I immediately regretted my decision because she smelled of cigarettes. And so I was kind of like, Oh, I'm so glad I got the mask on. (laughs) Well, and possibly a greater risk if elderly. And I mean, that's one of the things too, is that I think that we need to make as much effort as possible. We need to be as kind as possible Mm -hmm. to each other. And like I went, um, I had been helping Mike with something, uh, and I went into an OPA, which is a chain of Greek fast food that I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this podcast isn't sponsored by anybody, but hey, if you want to, reach out to us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. But um, I, I had forgotten to wear my mask. And I just, I, I felt kind of horrible afterwards. Yeah, I got same. some looks when I was in there, but nobody said anything. And so I, I think that trying to be as understanding as possible, because you just don't know what other people's situation is. They might not medically be able to. Yeah. Uh, and so I think encouraging is good. Shaming is bad. I think that is where it goes Absolutely. too far. Yeah. Um, 
And so those are some of the important things. Another thing that we did uh, with one notable exception was we got our food to go in every opportunity yeah. we could. We did not do dine-in, uh, except we did try one restaurant that was attached to the hotel because we had gotten a voucher. Uh, and when we went into that restaurant, uh, it was almost completely empty. Like one of the yeah. table was occupied. So we took a table in the furthest corner. Um and then things got busier, and as it got busier, people weren't really adhering to protocol. Yeah. We we mentioned to the waitress, she took action, and that was all fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had already only intended to do about one dine-in option on this trip anyways, because of our risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that just really quickly showed for us, like, yeah, you walk into the restaurant, it's empty, it quickly fills up, and the patrons don't necessarily follow the rules, and now you've taken a greater risk than you thought you were taking. Yeah. Uh, and so we have found that a lot of websites have been set up for restaurants where you can pre-order for pickup mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, also delivery and other options. But we've been doing that uh, pretty exclusively. And so we have been, it might seem a little strange, we've been eating in our car. Yeah. Uh, at times it makes sense. Uh, one option that we found uh, has been totally delightful um, is finding a local park. Yeah. You can just open up your Google Maps or whatever you might have on your phone, search the word park. Uh, and most parks, it's very easy to social distance. Bring a blanket or a towel, and you can have a picnic, or find a picnic bench you can sit on, uh, and that works. So being prepared as much as possible is really helpful, um, so that you know. Uh, one of the things that we did is we looked into the COVID mitigation uh, tactics and policies that the various hotels and many of the restaurants we went mm -hmm. to had before we went yeah. so that we knew whether masks were mandated. We were wearing masks regardless whether it was mandated, but that increased our comfort level when yeah. we were deciding on a place to go or a hotel to book. Mm -hmm. So, for example... Um, the Hilton properties seem to be doing a very good job of mitigating things. They've Absolutely. got those blast shields up. Uh, we've gone to a couple Hilton properties, both here uh, in uh, Langley and in Kamloops. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things they're doing with their pools is that they're either closing the pools completely or they're pre-booking half-hour slots where you can have the pool to yourself. And then some locations are doing cleanings between those bookings even. Yeah. Uh, which I think is is a fantastic way of doing things. In fact, I love the idea of private pool time being yeah. pre-booked. Like, um, it might not be really practical when hotels are at full capacity, uh, but that was that was kind of nice. Like, mm -hmm. Hilton, if you wanted to add, like, a silver level perk or something, having, like, a particular pool time or something, that would be really, like, yeah. that'd be pretty posh. Uh, and so that's something that they've been doing, having hand sanitizer. Uh, they don't have their breakfast at, like, Hampton Properties, but some of them have been giving you like a breakfast bag that'll have like a muffin and like a Nutrigrain bar and a bottle of water and an orange or something in it. Yeah, and like a loaf. These, uh, loaves. Yeah. yeah, it was a banana. No, no, it was blue lemon. blueberry lemon. Blueberry lemon loaf is what at this at this Hampton here in Langley uh, gives in the morning. It was pretty good. Yeah. And the loaf was made by a Canadian company. So that was nice to mm -hmm. sort of support local that way as well. Uh, and so those are some of the things that you can kind of do. And, you know, if uh, and, and all most places are doing like, you know, frequent cleanings. One thing that I like that that Hilton has been doing uh, is they have a 24 hour period between uh, letting the rooms be available for guests. So oh, they Hilton, go in. Hilton is doing that? Because yeah. I know the hotel we stayed at Edna and Vernon is doing that as well. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they must both be, which is great. Uh, so basically what Hilton does is they go in and they, they sanitize everything with Lysol products. And then they put a seal on the door. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they don't rent that room out for 24 hours after that. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that seems fairly effective. 
Unfortunately, we won't know how effective all of our efforts were probably for another two weeks after yeah. we return. Uh, and so stay tuned on like um, Twitter. We're at Vacay Impossible. And we're also on Tumblr, other places. So we'll kind of keep you updated. But with a little luck, uh, hopefully our mitigation tactics and those of the companies that we've been uh, frequenting uh, have kept us safe. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll let you know the results of that. Uh, in Canada, there's the COVID Alert app you can load on your phone that connects to other phones via Bluetooth so that if someone does get diagnosed, they can do very rapid contact tracing and notification. Yeah. Uh, and so I've had that uh, active the whole time on Same. my phone. Uh, things like that are great. And yeah, having apps, having like your offline maps downloaded for Google Maps, so you're not relying on Wi-Fi or, or, you know, expensive roaming signal. That's good advice we give all the time, but it's all the more important now to have those sorts of things. If there's, you have a favorite, you know, fast food chain you go to all the time, maybe downloading their app uh, for pre-ordering, online ordering, everything that reduces those points of contact. We haven't used cash for practically anything. We've used cash to get uh, some feed, to feed some animals, some goats and horses. Yeah, a couple quarters. Yeah. Uh, we and and uh, we did leave some cash tips behind for housekeeping staff, yeah. which we imagine they they will do safely and sanitize. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's been uh, paying online or with tapping plastic as much as possible. Yeah, a lot of places are really good about wiping down their their uh, Moneris or Transelect machines for you know debit and credit and things like that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this isn't the COVID podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, we, we wanted to talk about that in case you are considering traveling for whatever reason during this time, some of the things that you can do uh, and um, just kind of reporting on our experiences. Mm-hmm. I was just checking, just checking the uh, review of this COVID-19 app. Oh, okay. That you were talking about? Yeah. Uh, four stars. Says something about using Bluetooth. Yeah. yeah, and the COVID alert app does require you to have Bluetooth on all the time, so it does drain your battery a little bit faster than you might otherwise. I've been experiencing that, but honestly, that is worth it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, that is a good thing. But again, I don't want to be all doom and gloom on this podcast. And so oddly, as as much as COVID is a tragedy that we can't wait to be resolved, hopefully through a vaccine or cure, um, it has created unusual moments of, I guess, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like having the pool to yourself. Yeah. Um, we're going to venues like we went to the Science Center in Vernon and it was virtually deserted while we were there. So um, there's a lot of opportunity for, I think, people who might have some social anxiety yeah. uh, or some other things where because we're at a distance and because so many people are isolating and quarantining and good on everyone for doing that, but, you know, parks aren't as busy. Attractions aren't as busy. We went to Hell's Gate Air Tram. That's one of those places we did a lot of research on. Yeah. They're only operating at 20% guest capacity. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like crowds, um, then, like, it might be a little easier on you. Um, and so, again, we're not encouraging unnecessary travel. Um, you know, if you can avoid it, uh, do, but it's, it's just interesting. And also, of course, you've probably seen reports in the news about how certain, like, uh, certain nature things have been thriving without sort of the interference of, of people. Um, so there's little, there's little positives here and their lower gas prices, I guess, for a road trip have been not bad. Um, yeah. And so, uh, And, you know, even if you're not traveling, um, the one thing that I would consider is just, if at all possible, um, trying to support local businesses through things like having food delivered or takeout. 
uh, is a really good idea. A lot of companies are selling masks and things like that with mm-hmm. branding or, 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 or cool faces or whatever. And so if there is a restaurant or an attraction or a business of some kind that you that you hold in your heart and you want to survive these dif- difficult times, there's little things that you can do to help uh, in that regard. And yeah. so that's just something to think about. And, you know, yeah, okay, it's a serious time and you need to quarantine and lockdown, but that doesn't mean that you can't have moments of fun, joy, uh, and some of your favorite foods. Absolutely. Uh, was, you know, hopefully as long as they're local. Yeah, <laughs> we really love red lobster. There's no red lobster locally. So we're just going to have to wait on that one, but other things we're able to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I think maybe that, that's probably enough COVID talk for, yeah, for for one podcast. I'm sure we'll dip back in a couple times. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of impossible not to discuss a little bit as we mm-hmm. go through. Um, but yeah, some other things. Normally, this is the part where we talk about our future, future travel plans. We talk about the trip we're on, <laughs> and then we immediately go to future travel plans, and that's a little problematic right now. Um, we did see the return of the Mario Marathon this year mm-hmm. in a socially distanced way. Raised something like, what was it, 34000 I think, for Child's Play Charity. Something like that, yeah. Uh, And so that's not bad because it was just like a long weekend, uh, which was great. But during that event, they confirmed there will be a Mario Marathon next year. So we're hoping, assuming there is a vaccine, uh, maybe sometime in June-ish. I don't Mm -hmm. know. We haven't set a date, but they're talking June, July-ish. I think latter part of June. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that much. So possible. Don't tell Brian I said it. (laughs) Um, But they are looking at doing a proper full marathon then um and i mean if covid is still around and there is no vaccine then they might be socially distanced but that's something that we're hoping to really participate in so that would be a trip to indianapolis for us if it's not having to be socially distanced mm-hmm. uh whether we fly there or do a road trip there um john and i went on our epic 13 state three province 17 day road trip uh for uh gen con uh last year so doing something like that would be amazing yeah i'm not sure if our car is up to it yeah uh, <laughs> So, um, but that's, that's something that we're looking at. One of the things that I've been saying is, uh, as soon as I get the jab, which is sort of like how in, like people in English in England, uh, mm-hmm. uh, English people refer to, uh, getting a vaccine or an injection. When I get the jab, uh, I'm like going straight from like the nurse's station to a computer and I want to book like five cruises and a trip to Vegas yes, with absolutely. hopefully Ace of Vegas relatively free on the My Vegas points. Yeah. Uh, that's something that we definitely want to do. Combine um, ours and we can take over the world. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't checked out Ace of Vegas on uh, on YouTube, he's absolutely amazing. I've been a guest on his show a couple of times and we've collaborated, uh, but he's uh, he's intelligent. He's funny. He shows you how to do Vegas smart and cheap, uh, practically free. Uh, he's fantastic. I do have a faint hope that I think I need to probably let go, uh, but I do like in a fantasy world that there is a vaccine maybe in December, early December. Are you still on that? It's if like, if it's possible, I, I think it's more ambitious than what all the professionals are saying, but I'm, I, I hold out. I, I'm keeping a little candle burning uh, that if that happens, it may be some sort of quick sailing at a long beach or even a longer one in December yeah. um, going to Ensenada or panorama or on the panorama rather. Panorama. Uh, the panorama is a lovely Vista class ship. Um, now, Carnival's made some changes, though, yeah. uh, to their fleet, uh, and they're getting rid of some ships, uh, and that makes me sad because, and, I mean, it, from a business standpoint, it makes, makes perfect, perfect sense. sense. I understand the Fantasy class is an aging uh, part of their fleet. It's the older ships. They're smaller, fewer amenities. I get it. Uh, but at the same time, the Inspiration is one of the ships uh, that's being sold, that's been sold. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that was the first cruise I ever went on was on the inspiration with Burton in March of 2013. And so to with like in the midst of everything going on with no notice to, to be told that I can never go on my first ever cruise ship again, a little sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think the imagination and the fantasy are, are gone as well. Well, the entire class is gone, right? Uh, I don't I don't know if they've announced the whole class, I think, because there's a lot of ships. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, I th- I'm i pretty sure, like, the Paradise is still in service, oh, which okay. is the ship that Gustavo, uh, one of our favorite uh, piano bar entertainers, is constantly cruising on. Um, is Fascination also a fantasy? Yeah, I think Fascination is oh, okay. one of the ones that's on the chopping block. We don't have yeah. the full list in front of us. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, but it's changing. Uh, and it's changing in unpredictable ways in the sense that, like, they've talked about shuffling the ships around to various ports. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I talk about, oh, in December, I'd love to take an Ensenada trip, but that used to be served by those fantasy classes. They're moving a larger ship over. I forget which one to service those. I think the Miracle. Yeah, I'm not sure. To service those routes. I, I don't recall. But um, so, you know, it's it's a fluid situation. Uh, but like I said, as soon as I get the jab, I'm booking everything I can, yeah. uh, like put my bank account and witness relocation <laughs> the day I get that vaccine because it's going to get hit hard. Um, and so speaking of, uh, the impact on the cruise industry, we, I had a cruise booked for October that was supposed to sail out of New York and go to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and, uh, it was going to be lovely and that had, got canceled. So when it got canceled, I got a notification from Carnival and I was given two options. I was given the option to receive a 100% refund right away or to take the money that I paid towards the cruise, turn that into future cruise credit, which means I would use that money towards paying off some other cruise in the future. And I think I have to book that cruise by the end of next year, I think. And again, these terms and conditions, they've probably been making adjustments as things develop. Yeah. I have complete faith and trust in Carnival to, to you know, look after those things. I've heard reports online of it taking a long time to get those refunds. But given the sheer volume of passengers and sailings, as of this recording, Carnival's halt in operations goes through to Halloween. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if it gets extended at least till the end of November, possibly as late into the spring. But that's just a prognostication on my part. And that's fleet wide. There are certain routes that are like already canceled well into now 2021. Well, so. especially with some of with some of the fleet being sold, yeah. I imagine, and, and moving things around. So like the celebration might be fun if that happens. That would be they're, really awesome. They're getting a bunch of ships to meet together in the ocean and all, I guess, wave at each other, probably have a horn battle or something in a party. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be fun i don't know like i don't think there'd be much necessarily to do they might have parties on the ship but i think that'd just be kind of cool to see a bunch of ships meet together like i I gotta say i think it's what seven ships or something like that that they're having to meet though if you are if you are someone who's looking into booking that uh uh, because i think it's in 2022 when they're having the celebration uh it's uh already a lot of the sailings have already booked up um so don't wait um Mm -hmm. even if you're not 100 percent certain whether or not that sailing will even happen because of all the COVID stuff, I, I still I wouldn't even sit on it. I would just book the sailing and just cross your fingers, uh, because I'll, yeah, I think at least two or three of those sailings are hundred percent sold out, um, and those are the more cost effective options. Um, so, and that was before COVID hit, uh, or like right as it was really like because I, I remember looking at that I think in like February or March, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I was seeing the bookings, I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> well, and that's a question we've actually received um, by a few people in the comments on other 
videos and through other means. Uh, and so if you have, uh, if you watch any of our videos on YouTube, feel free to ask us questions in the comments. One of the ones we've been getting frequently is like, is now an okay time to book a cruise? And ironically, my answer is yes. Yep. And the reason is just because Carnival, while again, there have been some delays, their phone lines, like every travel agency's phone lines have been overloaded at different times. And there have been some delays in refunds. Uh, but I, I have absolute faith and I've seen the ways that they've been responding to this and it's been completely above board yep. and in the interest of the guests. Uh, and so I think now is a fine time because it is cheap um, and whatever deposit you put in or money you put towards it, you'll end up getting the value equivalent of that at some point, whether it's a refund or a different sailing or whatever, yeah. they will take care of you. So I think it's relatively low risk to yeah. book a cruise. I mean, high risk to take one, but that's why they're paused. <laughs> uh -huh. And I don't think they'll return to operations until it is safe. Yeah, so I, I've got faith in them. So when they, they canceled my cruise, the first option was 100% refund. The second option was to take the amount that I had paid towards it, turn that into future cruise credit, and we got a $600 OBC that's onboard credit for that future cruise. Now, it wasn't entirely clear, and I read all the fine print. It wasn't entirely clear if it was 600 per person or per cabin. Generally, that kind of thing is per cabin. That yeah. was something Mike and I had booked. So I think we'll both have 300. Yeah. Um, but think about what you could do with even $300 onboard credit. I am up six, three to $600 on that deal. Yeah. Um, and sure, they've got you know a few hundred dollars of mine in future cruise credit. But I think that that's doing um, that. You know, that's that's fine. It's sitting there it will be there for me yeah. when I need it uh, so one thing that um, Carnival I think getting back to how they're responding to everything that they did that was I thought really a, a just a classy move was when our, our when the uh, Carnival operations got shut down along with all the other cruising out of North America what they did is they got their fleet together and they used their ships to take their staff home mm -hmm. uh, and they they traveled in a flotilla together uh, to places like the Philippines and whatnot to deliver people home. Uh, you know, even just going to like, you know, uh, Puerto Vallarta and Mexico and stuff like that, dropping people off. Uh, the West Coast uh, sort of mini fleet of three ships did that as they went to go join the, the master fleet that was kind of, uh, you know, and that, I mean, that just like, oh, <laughs> I mean, that gets me. That's a sweet thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's it's um, it's like a Roland Emmerich film when you think about it. Like, I, I don't know if there's been footage of it or, or much, but just seeing a flotilla of cruise ships yeah. on a mission like that is got to be it's simultaneously upsetting and heartwarming at the same time it's like these mix of emotions because it's like this horrible thing is happening but that these people this company has stepped up in that particular way uh to look after their people and that's something i'm going to remember yeah for sure uh and i'm sure their, their their staff will remember and so you know i mean i know there's a lot of criticisms about the cruise industry out there these days whether it's from hassan minaj or uh you know people who are concerned about how um a, a princess ship was an early sort yeah. of uh, incubator uh for lack of a better word for for covid um but you know these guys they they often do things right by how they provide mm -hmm. service to the guests and yeah. some of their staff so i thought that was really that was really great and i mean some of the criticisms are fair we haven't completely had the uh, drank the kool-aid um but yeah. but you know but they have been really good about taking care of everyone i mean i've seen the way they've taken care of my family and and you know i've had certain things happen and they they've always been really good to us and so it's uh, uh yeah I, I i wouldn't hesitate to to book a sailing right about now um and just just book it well in advance um because you know gives everyone that needs the time to make things right do that <laughs> so yeah book a 2022 cruise and have some fun which, which perfectly segues into our next topic and question, which is what is the best cruise for a first-timer? 
Now, I admit this is an unusual time to be asking this question. Yeah. Um, but if you're thinking about booking something in advance and things are cheaper you know, now than I, I think they've been in a very long time, uh, what if you've never taken a cruise before and you're curious about doing that in hopefully a, a you know, post-vaccine, post-COVID world, uh, what would you recommend? So, so my answer, I mean, goes to my first cruise. Uh, I think a four-day cruise out of a relatively familiar port is a good way to go. My first cruise was on the Carnival Inspiration, sailing out of Long Beach, California, going to Catalina and Ensenada. And so it was four days. And I think four days is great because on the off chance that you don't take to cruising, if maybe for some reason it, you know, exacerbates motion sickness or something like that, uh, then you can um, kind of you know tough it out for four days, yeah, exactly. right? Get off the ship at the two ports, yeah. half half the days or port days, you know. Uh, so you can you can it's a relatively low risk, it's relatively low cost. I recommend leaving from a familiar port. I've been to L.A. previously, uh, you know. I'm on the West Coast, so going down to L.A. wasn't as huge a cost or an unfamiliar mm. area uh, than say leaving out of a, a, a you know a port that I'd never been to before. So I recommend a four day sailing that includes maybe one domestic port one foreign port if possible uh and and leaving from somewhere as local and as familiar as possible uh and then four days i think is enough to get a good sampler taste of a lot of the different experiences what's the dining like what's the entertainment like what does it really cost and we've got a video about that on youtube check that out um you know but what can you really expect it, it, being there it, you know youtube can only tell you so much a podcast sure. can only tell you so much I think that, like, that's my recommendation. What do you guys think about your first, what would be a good first cruise? I think it really kind of depends on on your situation, honestly. If you know that you have the means and the opportunity to do more than one cruise, should you like it, if, if the amuse-bouche of cruises, um, you know, satisfied you, I finally remember the term. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that term. Um, and uh, that's a story for another time. Sure. Um, and... Uh, uh, subscribe to catch whatever podcast we end up answering that there question. There you go. Um, Teaser. But yeah, no, I mean, if, if you know that you have the opportunity to uh, do more cruises, should you like, then yeah, I would have like a bit of a taste test and, and do the Ensenada uh, Catalina cruise. Absolutely. Um, if this might be a situation where it is kind of a, I don't know if I get to do this again. Cruise of, of a lifetime. Cruise of a lifetime, yeah. Or, uh, you know, um, then, yeah, I think I would maybe select a destination or a, a cruise that has a destination port that, you know, you've always wanted to check out. So I think it really kind of depends on the situation, right? It's, it's, it's hard to kind of give a blanket an answer to that. Um, I absolutely agree with what it is that you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, you know, our first cruise, so Ray's very on a cruise first uh, with, with Burton. Um, and then as a family, we went on a cruise with eight of us. Eight. Yeah, eight it was of a us. group of eight. Um, in that, that following um, holiday season. Um, yeah, on the breeze. And uh, we did an itinerary. It was a seven-day sailing. Um, and it, we went to see Bob Marley's mausoleum, my mother and I. Um, now that's... It's... I don't know whether or not we'll be able to do that again, that particular thing. I mean, we will be able to, um, whether or not we in fact will it, do that again. And, and that's a whole other thing. Cost and other factors. And so I liked that that was our first time out the gate that we did that because it's kind of like we checked that off the bucket list kind of, not as a, you know, okay, let's just get it done for the sake of getting it done, but let's get it now done now while we know we can get it done now. Right. Um, 
One thing I think went really well with that cruise is I think our first port was Grand Turk. It was. And what's nice about Grand Turk, assuming you don't get heat stroke or break your toe, is foot. that... Um, oh, oh, the whole foot. It was okay. a whole foot. I, I didn't mean to diminish <laughs> your injury. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're careful in Grand Turk, Grand Turk is lovely and it safe. Don't worry is. about it. it but is. But what, what's great about Grand Turk is it do, I don't think it's a huge culture shock if you haven't traveled Absolutely. internationally very much. Uh, and uh, you can have a lot of fun for free, which is helpful as well. Yeah. Uh, impact on the wallet so you can it's almost you, hard to spend money in in grand turk yeah you know you walk off you walk off uh you know the cruise ship you go to your left there's a free beach you bring five bucks and some ideas a deposit you rent a floaty and that's a lovely day absolutely uh that's all it takes and gives you a toe in the water taste of what an ex- what a what a port day looked like so i think that was part of why that really worked well yeah. too well it also an entry level experience i also had a, a pretty amazing experience where uh, it was our yeah Grand Turk was our first day and um uh and we didn't have a sea day from leaving port so it was the immediate next day so I was still uh, recovering from from uh, jet lag or something I'm not or I was just yeah because we left out of Miami um yeah and and it was a long day and a whole bunch of things went sideways and and just. It was a it was a thing. Um, yeah. It was yeah. red. If you're curious. Yeah, it was pink, but yes. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's, there's vomit uh, in that story. We might save that story for another day. Be, that, if you enjoy Patreon sto- content, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. If you if you enjoy stories about vomit, <laughs> yeah, subscribe make, to our Patreon. Yeah, specifically uh, pink, hot pink vomit. There you go. Patreon. Patreon. vacation impossible. That might be the worst Patreon plug we've ever done. Probably yeah. <laughs> because not just because of the vomit, but also the talking over each other and stuff. <laughs> But We're getting a little rusty at this podcast. Yeah, stuff it's almost like we haven't break. done it in a while. Six months. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. So? I was I was pretty keyed up though, and so I got up last year or something. Yeah, yeah, for you guys, that's true. It's yeah. December. But uh, yeah, I, so I got up. I think at like four or five in the morning or something like that. Uh, and walked around uh, the ship and and had basically the whole ship to myself, and then got that's to nice. watch. Um, probably the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen in my entire life as we, uh, docked in Grand Turk and there was this, um, uh, uh, old ship, uh, I think a trawler of some sort that had been like rusted out and been turned, it scuttled to a degree. So it had been turned into a, uh, kind of a, um, scuba diving reef, not, something? not so much a scuba diving reef because it was relatively at shore. So it was probably just a, just a low lying reef or so of some sort for, for shore fishies. Um, but maybe, it was maybe good it was, for like a learning dive. Yeah, perhaps. Um, and so that's kind of, kind of, it, it, yeah, it was, you know, the, the, you know, the ship that you see when you come I know into that, like, it's in our video, yeah, yeah. our Grand Turk video it, and so, in the early part, I think. Yeah. And the sun hit that all nicely, even though this is completely rusted out ship, but it still hit it pretty and. And yeah, it was just a really nice experience, and then got horrible, horrible sun uh, hyperthermia. Um, heat <laughs> stroke functionally too much sun, not enough shade or sunblock. Uh, heat stroke on on steroids, yeah. And you know, uh, these days, as everyone's wearing masks and stuff, don't forget sunblock. Too, oh yeah, absolutely. Because that, that sun's still out there. So yeah, I guess you know, having um, both of us having had different first time cruising experiences, I can see how yeah. the both of us are like, well, kind of depends. It worked for us. Do what we did. Yeah. <laughs> So with that in mind, uh, Julian, what what do you think would be ideal for uh, somebody going on their first ever cruise? Maybe if they were if they were a younger person. Okay. Um, or would any cruise do? Does it matter? Because your thing was like basically four day cruise for sample size. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I don't think I've ever been on a four day cruise. And oh I, yeah, that's true. I you think, haven't. So I think with Carnival. Um, 
and just cruising in general, you're going to want more time because it always feels like you don't have enough time sometimes. That's true. Sometimes longer is like better. one day short. As, as, yeah, that's true. Just like, give me one more day. I always want yeah. one more day. Yeah. It's 40 cruise for your first one, but uh, after that, I would suggest longer cruises. Start off small so that basically that's basically like, okay, that's basically your, in a sense, your standard. Mm-hmm. And then, so technically, your standards improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're constantly going on the best cruise of your life by Absolutely. upping it every time. That's a pretty good strategy. Five day, six day, seven day, eight day. I'm not gonna continue this day. <laughs> the longest, the longest we've done was the ten day, which was the Hawaii trip, yeah, that was which was great. five sea days out of Vancouver, and then a day, uh, one day each at different islands. So yeah. that was that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I look forward to doing that sailing again. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things too, is in the return to cruising, I mean, it, you know, depending on how COVID gets tackled, a cruise out of Vancouver to Alaska might not be a bad idea because oh, yeah. Alaska's done well to mitigate. Um, and there'd be a little less international travel for us. If it, if it goes back to Vancouver, great. It might end in Seattle. We did that once before uh, an eight day that was really quite good on the legend. Mm -hmm. So something like that might be one of our first returns to cruising is, uh, possibly something out of, uh, Canada, out of Vancouver might Mm -hmm. be a good idea. So considering that BC is number four of the provinces that bad yeah considering the distance between four and three well and also considering the uh, population of the province because i'm using whole numbers not percentages yeah so more people uh sort of the consequence of that so but if you were to run the numbers of what percentage would this be the same Uh, i'm not sure i don't know what the per per capita is Mm -hmm. uh that's an interesting question though i should i should look at that one one of the questions that we've gotten often, again through YouTube comments mostly, is how we're getting a lot of questions lately. Uh, one of them is, "What is our embarkation routine?" So, um, did you want to? Do you have a, Do you have an embarkation routine? Well, I mean, it's hard for me to answer that question now because my my mobility. Um, I have mobility challenges that are kind of increasingly getting worse. Um, and so I think for me, every cruise going forward, it's probably going to be a slightly different routine. So nothing based, routine about it. <laughs> yeah. Based on my mobility challenges, literally of the day. Um, and so, so I guess for me, it's kind of keeping things as low impact as possible. Um, I like to have everything, um, packed the night before um and then uh uh as far as grabbing and then having whatever i need to have at the ready something somewhere where i can just grab it right away without having to kind of slow the line down too much um you're kind of furring your eyebrow a little bit maybe i'm misunderstanding the question i don't think i understood the assignment teacher (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe i'll try answering okay (laughs) so one of the questions we frequently get through uh (laughs) take two (laughs) One of the frequent questions we get through uh, YouTube comments, and YouTube comments is how we get a lot of our questions nowadays, so feel free to uh, reach out to us that way, uh, is do we have an embarkation routine? A lot of people have like different things that they like to do on that first day. So for myself, um, the my embarkation routine is get to the cabin as yeah. quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Now that we're platinum, we get early access, and that's not a problem. But before that, I would on occasion, I remember one time sailing out of Galveston on the Triumph, our room wasn't nearly ready for like uh, 90 minutes because we were really early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had to take my luggage up to Lido and I just had a guy's burger um, while basically sitting next to a, a, a deck chair mm-hmm. uh, or sitting on part of a deck chair along yeah. with my luggage. Uh, but generally I like to do is get access to the room as quickly as 
possible. Uh, I'll unpack lightly. Uh, you know, I don't want to uh, you know tire myself out, especially after I've probably been waiting in some lines. Even with platinum, you're going to have to walk up the gangway and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so it's often sort of a travel day. But what I like to do is I like to get into shorts and flip flops, get those socks off. You know, it's almost like Die Hard, but as they say, like make fists with your toes on the carpet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that has an impact or if it's psychological or what, but I do it and it feels great. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried that. There's nothing, yeah, yeah, I mean, give it a try. It costs you nothing but time. Um, but yeah, I like get to the cabin as quickly as possible, take off my shoes and socks, get into some shorts and flip flops, uh, make sure that the essentials is taken care of. Like, I've got my uh, sale and sign card. It's, you know, it's the proper status. <laughs> I had a stretch where I kept getting blue cards despite being platinum. I would go to guest services. So, like, two or three times. I, I talked to my PVP. Hopefully that's all sorted. There was an issue with my name. Somebody, they wanted to call me Ray J or something. Yeah. And I was like, no, <laughs> uh, my name is Ray. <laughs> so, uh, or Raymond Joe or something. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, and so they thought I was a different person anyways. Uh, so I like to make sure that those things are sorted. Like if I have the bottomless bubbles that I, that I go get my sticker right away, like mm -hmm. getting that out of the way. Uh, and then head up to Lido for like a light snack. Um, and then like kind of go lie down for a bit because that safety briefing is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I know sometimes you're lucky and you sit there and even just sitting there, it's not mentally stimulating on your 23rd cruise yeah. if it ever was. Uh, and so I like going and rested, yeah. uh, and with a little food in my belly. <laughs> um, so that's sort of my, my embarkation routine. And then from there, I just kind of see what people are doing. Uh, I do like going to MDR on that first night of the cruise because not a lot of people know about it or feel like doing it. And so oftentimes the service is really fast mm -hmm. uh, and it's not quite so busy. And yeah. so you can get like, it's your, especially if it's your first time in that dining room, you know, you can kind of take it in without a whole lot of crowds and noise and stuff. And so I, I like that quite a bit. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. I do like watching the ship leave the port. Yeah. Maybe I'll go find a hidden deck. If you're not sure how to find a hidden deck, we've got a video on YouTube that shows you how to find the hidden decks on every carnival ship. It doesn't matter the class. It's a process that works every time. Uh, but that's, that's one of the things I like to do, go to hidden deck and watch the ship leave is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, that's sort of my, my embarkation routine. So what, what do you like to do on the, uh, that first day? Well, now that I fully understand the assignment. <laughs> um, em embarkation is when you board the ship. Debarkation is when you leave. No, no, no. no. I, <laughs> I, got, knew, no I knew that. I was talking about like the, the night before at the hotel. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that's good that you include that. I, I, I was like, what are you talking about getting your, I thought you were doing your debarkation. I furrow and I was like, I was like, oh, Whoa. we're going to have to redo this part. <laughs> Um, My bad. I should have had more faith. No, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> um, keep it in. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's largely the same of what I like to do. Um, uh, I mean, again, and then the mobility thing is still a, something that kind of... Uh, that's kind of the 11th hour decision of, okay, what am I going to do? What do you um, feel up to? Uh, yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and we'll, we'll bring that to you so you guys can kind of see what's available because I think cruises do a really good job, Carnival they Cruises, really, really do. of making things as accessible as possible. But sometimes the proof is in the pudding and sometimes they've got procedures and facilities in place, but then sometimes the guests get in the way. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll, we'll kind of uh, bring you that dimension of cruising going forward. Yeah. As my, my accessibility needs increase, um, I'm becoming more cognizant of what it is that uh, um, places like Carnival and hotels and and just everywhere around um, what they're doing to to make things more accessible for people and really Carnival is doing a really really fantastic job especially with their new um, um, 
class. I don't know about the older classes, but I know with the new class, um, for someone who, for instance, is in a scooter or, or wheelchair or something like that, um, um, and they're calling an elevator, there's actually a dedicated button that they can push. Um, um, on some classes. On some, yeah, so I, well, this is specifically on the new class, the yeah, Vista class. The Vista class, yeah. Um, um, and uh, yeah, so a, a dedicated elevator will come for that particular person directly to that floor, um, and it won't pick up people um, so that it's guaranteed to be empty, basically. Um, um, now, uh, I, what I have noticed though, is they're perhaps not the greatest at communicating that to people with who have that. Um, so it's only for, by observing other people telling people who need this. We've pieced it together through scant yeah. evidence we've picked up in our yeah. experiences. <laughs> like um, a detective. So, uh, like a with, mystery. <laughs> but it's beneficial for me because I, that's, you know, quite frankly, something I'm going to need in the future. Um, and so uh, that kind of is interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but as far as embarkation routine, uh, yeah, I like to get to the cabin and drop off all of our stuff ASAP, especially because... Who wants to lug luggage around? And I'm a girl, and I hate to pull that ge- that gender card, but I, as much as I try not to overpack, I always, 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 always overpack. Oh, people of all genders and, overpack. And Even I do it after all these years. Drives, and it's like, and it's, but it's like girl stuff that I overpack, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, I really don't need all of my makeup for the two, you know, two days where I'm going to be putting on makeup. What if they have a goth themed um, night? Are you ready? Prepared for that? If I there's mean, a goth night? I mean, <laughs> I've never have, heard of them doing it. They do white parties. I have black lipstick. Does that mean I have goth makeup? <laughs> no. Um, and no, and, and let yeah. us know in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, yeah, and I like to grab a bite. Um, and, and then yeah, have a bit of a rest. Uh, so, and sometimes just kind of walk about the ship depending on how I'm feeling. Though usually I like to leave that till after the safety briefing um, yeah. because those safety briefings are brutal, um, but they're necessary. Uh, and please don't skip them because then you make me wait and then I get yeah. Crazy. And don't like and that just makes the suffering longer for everybody. So and and they and they eventually call you up by name, uh, <laughs> like literally. So uh, that's uh, and and at the request of some of our listeners and viewers, we've actually taken to filming safety briefings. Uh-huh. Uh, so if your name gets called out and Vacation Impossible is in attendance, you might your name might end up on our yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't. People enjoy all aspects of cruising, um, and like a lot of people have watched those safety briefing videos that we've put up, and I don't get it. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to do it. But I don't understand the people I th- I who think... want from home to watch. I mean, I can understand if you haven't cruised yet yeah. uh, and you want to know what you're in for. I know that there's certain people like uh, uh, certain uh, parents of autistic children, for example, mm-hmm. really want a good understanding of everything that's likely to be encountered. And that's part of why we're really happy to provide that. Yeah, like the sensory um, exposure. But uh, some people just enjoy watching safety briefings on YouTube. I don't get it, but I'm happy to make you happy. Yeah, well, or, or <laughs> it could just be... happy to make money. <laughs> <laughs> Pennies, but yes. Uh, but... <laughs> Pennies that's, is a source of money. Yes, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty we much. Still, no, we don't use them. <laughs> that's that's pretty much our 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 embarkation process. There's there's not really a whole lot to it. We kind of just fly by the seat of our pants and just. I think you're missing a step. Oh, the drink. <laughs> I was yeah, gonna call you out is. on that. Yeah, no, I always always almost always. almost always. Sometimes sometimes I skip it. It's rare that I skip never. it, but pretty maybe I, it's just when I'm not around. <laughs> I think I think that I think the one time I know for sure I skipped it, it was our first cruise because you I know it was fell an right asleep on the. On that was the, a rough uh, travel was, to get to that cruise. Oh though. man! Once we got on that ship and we had our lunch and we'd finished the safety briefing and we laid down. We were, we oh yeah, there's a little video of you passed out. On I the was deck, gone. I, I was. Out Absolutely gone. There is no yeah. force in the verse that was going to wake me up uh, until I was ready to wake up. And, uh, but that was a good nap. Yeah. Oh, that was a good nap. 
Oh yeah, cruise naps are the best. That's one of the reasons I love balcony. Cruise naps are fantastic. Oh, and balcony naps or serenity deck naps. Yeah. One thing I love to do is if I have a balcony, um, I'll go out there, lie down, and I'll throw on a podcast. I like the Completely Unnecessary podcast. Or if you'd like the Vacation Impossible podcast, hopefully our dulcet tones are not too, uh, too uh, you know... Creaky. Um, well, I was going to say, uh, you know, wakefulness inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen you know, listen and, and, and nod off uh, listening to us, you're certainly welcome to. I think probably our last uh, cruising topic, maybe our last topic of the, the, the podcast is uh, our top three cruise ships. Um and again, it's it's a weird topic for these days, but hey, uh, let's let's reminisce. And so uh, for me, my top three, starting in the number three spot, is the Vista. It's a bit of a cop out because it's Vista class. It's one of the newer. It's currently the newest class until the Mardi Gras comes online, mm-hmm. uh, and so it is one of the largest ships. Uh, I do really enjoy the Vista uh, because of its size. It allows for so many specialty options. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the the specialty restaurants and stuff like that are wonderful. The Havana area is fantastic. Uh, and so I do like that uh, for the Vista. Uh, if you're in the, a Havana cabin, there's a, a couple additional um, uh, hot tubs and sort of a relaxation area at the back of the ship, the aft, which is really quite nice. Uh, and so that's a big part of what I like about the Vista. I mean, just the size makes so many things possible. Uh, another thing, uh, or the number two uh, ship that I would, uh, would say on my top three uh, is the Panorama. The Panorama is just a little bit better than the Vista. Again, it's the newest class, so yeah, maybe I'm not being creative there. Uh, and you'll get at me in the comments if you disagree. Uh, the Panorama is slightly newer and slightly larger than the Vista. That's not necessarily why I'm choosing it, though. Why I'm choosing it is a very important factor. Something you can only get on the Panorama. And that's Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed in February when I went to the pizzeria on the Vista and they didn't have, they didn't have it. Uh, the Panorama has other things too, like they have the indoor um, uh, uh, trampoline, trampoline park. park area that I actually had didn't try when, when I was on it, uh, but I, I would very much like to. It. Yeah, you have to book it in advance, and so uh, I, I wasn't that well planned. Uh, and so the next time I go on the Panorama, and I will go on the Panorama again one day, mark my words, write it down. Uh, and so hopefully I'll remember to try that then. Uh, so they do have that additional thing. Um, but yeah, uh, they've also got the prox cards, which I enjoy and things like that, yep. uh, which are, which is nice. And so I really do, uh, I like the panorama. Number two, number one is the carnival breeze. Now that, that might be the unexpected answer. You might've been thinking, I would say the other Vista class ship. Uh, I love, I haven't been on it yet. There's that. If you, what? if you know what ships I've been on, <laughs> I haven't been on it yet, but we have been on the breeze. Uh, and the breeze for a while was the flagship of the, sh- the fleet. It was the last of the dream class. So it's a little bigger than your average dream class. Um, but what I love about the dream class is deck five promenade. They've got so many things yeah. there, uh, and it splits up the crowds from Lido. So the people yeah. aren't congregated. Now you get a little bit of that on the spirit class as well, like the legend, cause they use deck two a lot. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, the dream class is lovely because on deck five, they've got like eight hot tubs that are slightly hanging over the side of the ship. Now that hanging over the side of the ship thing, when you're in them, you don't really feel it. No, it's not don't. like it's got a glass bottom, you know, it just, is a slight protrusion out the side of the ship so i don't want to like oversell that feet at most yeah like that. that's not that and so the fact that it's kind of partially outside the deck of the the, the ship you, when you're on the ship you don't care mm-hmm. what's just amazing is 
their eight hot tubs on an infrequently occupied deck. So getting an entire hot tub to just your group is relatively easy. Or, you know, at the very least, you can you can share it with a small number of people. Uh, and it's a great way to just have a conversation, meet people uh, and, and have a nice time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that is that is really huge. And Breeze was my second ever uh, cruise uh, and it was my first dream class. And so, like, I love the uh, uh, the Lido deck area. Tons of space for deck parties, uh, which is great if you know if you like your your you know your Cupid Shuffle and mm-hmm. uh, and all the others. Um, I'm forgetting the name of, of my favorite. Uh, Cha Cha Slide. Yeah, the Cha Cha Slide. Um, you know, if if you're if you're into that stuff at all, the amount of space that they have on the Dream Class and the Breeze in particular is absolutely fantastic for that. So, uh, that is my uh, number one favorite cruise ship as of 2020, the Carnival uh, Breeze. So, what are your top three cruise ships? Goodness gracious. Um, well, I know for sure the number my favorite is the Miracle. Um, I just felt the most comfortable on that particular ship. Um, and it's not because of the sloths. Um, (laughs) We took the miracle to go see the sloths videos on YouTube. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Uh, (laughs) but this, but you know, I could have been on any ship and gone to see the sloths. That's right. Um, but so, yeah, no, I think that that ship was probably the most comfortable. Um, um, and then I would probably also say the panorama, um, was also a really, really nice ship. Um, uh, it's, uh. Yeah, I'm not fully sure how to describe it, but it's it's nice and shiny and new. Um, so you know what? Honestly, I think I think Panorama probably, if I'm being honest, kind of gets honorable mention. Uh, and then we have the Legend, um, which we've sailed on her a few times. And, Alaska and Hawaii, two very unique trips. And so I just and so that's just again, it's another ship that feels really really comfortable um, because I'm familiar with it. And I'm familiar with the layout, so I can kind of I, I feel like if you know when we sail on her again, which we I'm sure will. Um, uh, especially if we do a Hawaii and or Alaska cruise, um, that, you know, I can easily navigate my way around. So I don't really have to quote unquote waste a day, um, um, kind of familiarizing myself with the ship. Cause I find some, with some ships, um, I can never really fully get a hundred percent there with a the layout. Um, like I found like the sunrise or sunshine. Yeah. The sunshine, sunshine class is what I was just thinking of when you said I, that. I just, and the, in the conquest <laughs> class, I find like, I feel like I'm constantly learning it. Yeah. Whole. I get it figured out like on the last day of the cruise. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't, um, I'm not super in love with that. Um, as a result. Um, so, um, yeah, I like that. That with the legend, I'm I'm quite comfortable and, and familiar with the layout, um, and and also the imagination. Um, you know, you and I went on our uh, cruise together on that one, and and R. I. P. imagination. And it's it's just a it's a cute little ship, and and again, it comes down to comfort. It just immediately, yeah. you know, just a ship that you can kind of just relax. You don't really have to spend so much time familiarizing with yourself with the place. You're kind of like, all right, this is where it is, and all right, gotcha. And then you can move on with your life. <laughs> well, in defense of fantasy class ships, because the imagination is fantasy class, mm-hmm. and I, you know they do have their appeal. Absolutely, uh, they don't often make people's top three lists. I think, but in defense of the fantasy class, uh, I had a conversation with a waiter once in MDR. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was it was one of the cruises I was on with Mike, uh, and the waiter rec- 
recognized me from a previous cruise that he'd sailed with me. That was that was a crazy moment. He's like, yeah, I remember you from this other ship. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's insane. Uh, I don't know. Like they I don't know how is it ginkgo or what they, they, they do memory exercises, how these guys have this amazing memory. Uh, but anyways, I got to talking to this waiter who recognized me. Uh, and so I was asking because he recognized me from another ship. I think the breeze or something like a larger ship. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, what do you prefer to serve on? What's what kind of ship do you mm-hmm. want to serve on? And he says he loves the fantasy class. And I said, why? He said, because when a guest makes a special request, I can get to anywhere in this ship and back in like five minutes. So if they want something from the other end of the ship, from Lido, they want something you can't get here. If I got to go run and get them something from Lido, uh, I can do that quickly. And so I can I can serve more of those special requests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and I get to work faster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says, but on those bigger ships, I find myself having to say no. Yeah. A little bit more because it would take too long and I've got other people that I'm supposed to be looking after. Uh, And so he, you know, he said that. And in my experience, what I've, it's not a rule, but just my unique experience for the most part, I find that the food on the fantasy class is often of a slightly better quality. At MDR, I find the brisket, the steak tends to be a little better. Uh, And so I think that what they lack in space, they make up for in willingness to serve and food quality Mm -hmm. and and, and heart. Mm-hmm. And in defense of the the sunshine, their kitchen was awesome. Like the, you know, the MDR steaks were the best at the sunshine. Um, they were really good. So and I like, thought I was getting fillet. Mignon yeah, when I was like every single time I was like, oh well, if this because I'm I'm honestly not a big fan of the fillet mignon cut. I find it's a little overrated. Um, and but I'm basic, yeah. And then but we were getting these cuts of <laughs> this flat iron cut of steak that really should it just you know it's just an inside round. And, and it's so juicy and it's so tender and it's so thick that you think it's a filet uh, or like a million dollar, a, a millionaire cut. And you're just like, Ooh, or baseball cut. Sorry. Um, there's a restaurant that calls it the millionaire. Um, <laughs> Cactus so, Club in yeah. Vancouver. So yeah, you think you're getting a baseball cut. You think you're getting a filet, but it's really just an inside round and it's just cut really, really well. And it's prepared, prepared fantastically. And, and so I was like, well, if this is what a filet is supposed to be, then I get why people are kind of crazy nuts over uh, filets. Um, so yeah, the, the, the sunshine definitely... Um, outshone um, a lot of the restaurants when it came to the MDR because uh, I don't remember being disappointed in like anything they served food wise in it's specifically in the MDR I can't really remember much about the about Lido yeah. um, and but that ship is what's happening with it so what's uh, is that the one that's been turned now into the sunrise or is that like, it was I'm, the I'm first it was it was it was formerly the destiny yeah they cut it in half they put it in a new section and because the change was so substantial they rechristened her and it was a new class variant mm-hmm. uh, so she is actually the first of her class mm-hmm. and so the, it's sunshine class so they did a similar modification to create the sunrise uh-huh. Uh, and I think the Radiance, okay. one of those two was actually the one that I was going to sail on in October. I think the Radiance, Radiance yeah. uh, which is a shame because I was looking forward to that. Um, and so it is the Sunshine class. So we've actually oh, sailed on the first of that, that class, happens. even though it was an older, wasn't modified, uh, what was then Destiny, Destiny class. Destiny class, yeah. And, and then kind of the class name changed mm-hmm. from there. Yeah, because it was a hybrid class, for, for for which was like a thing I learned or something. Like sort that. of. That's And that's yeah. what it is because it's one class that they modified. Yeah, so it's yeah. a variant. Isn't it bad luck to recruit a ship? Uh, I'm not aware, but I think that if you modify it substantially, that that's standard uh, okay. naval practice Pro- protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if it's cool. if it's if it's so substantially different, gotcha. then then they will often do that. Uh, so, uh, Julian, do you have a top three favorite cruise ships. ships, or maybe just a favorite cruise ship? What are the what's what are the two ships that crashed into each other or lightly crashed into each other? Uh, the Miracle and. 
the legend. Legend. Yeah. Legend. The legend. The front of the legend, I believe, crashed into, into the, the dining room of the, the miracle. miracle. Yeah. Yeah. And I. So yeah, it was two ships I'd been on crashed into each other, and <laughs> and uh, one of the, like in the dining room, the MDR on the miracle that got damaged was the one that I had uh, dined in, uh, in the in I think both of my sailings, and like. One time, one of the tables I was at was at the very back. So, like, a table I ate at in a restaurant had the front of a different ship there at one point. And, and it wasn't that, that does long my after head you were, in. And it wasn't that long after you were on that ship, too, right? Uh, it was like a month or two think, after the fact or something. Because um, you, you went on Something the, like that, yeah. yeah. Within a year, Because you think. went on the Miracle twice uh, in 2018, didn't you? Uh, no, I think I went on the Miracle once early on. It was like my third or fourth sailing. And then there was the the trip for your birthday. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought, I thought you went on it So I think it was just those two times. Oh, okay. So yeah, it must have been all after all of us had just been. Because that was after the fact. I think yeah. it was within a year after that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And what? So, so number two, probably the Legend. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's very close. The thing is, the only thing that's really beating it is the fact that... Panorama just has more stuff. Yeah, it it's hard. Um, it's hard to argue with that. It really it, is. It's really hard to argue against the panorama, even though definitely before that, the legend was my was my favorite ship because you had a birthday two, on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a birthday on it. And I, th- I think the panorama is a more teenager friendly um, ship, absolutely, because of you know the IMAX and the indoor uh, trampoline park and the sky stuff, and you know. There's uh, also this fitness center. That's the fitness. Center. The fitness center and the Vista class is nice. The yeah. outdoor thing you can mm-hmm. do up on the like by yeah. the track. Those those yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah, and so I think there's just more things for teenagers to enjoy uh, on the Vista class. I'll admit that on the fantasy class, I often see them just sitting in little semicircles uh, in one of the higher decks of the atrium on the fantasy class, just talking. Just waiting for it to end. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, they seem to be having a fine time, but they don't seem to be doing much of anything. I mean, that's fine if if you're having a good time, but it doesn't feel like they're, you know, they're enjoying each other's company more than they are the ship, Mm -hmm. uh, which might not speak well of the ship. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, but, and, and that's the thing, like, I mean... And I think that's why people used to have this this belief that uh, cruises were for seniors. It's because of, <laughs> you know, the classes like the fantasy class were some of the, correct me if I'm wrong, some of the earlier class of ship. Um, and they really kind of, the cruise industry at that time really was sort of geared towards the older crowd. Um, and then companies like Carnival started to realize how much money frankly there is to be made um in 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 gearing their company towards the family crowd um who you know may not necessarily have quite the same means as um someone who's going to go say on a 12 day norwegian cruise or something like that and yeah celebrity yeah or like one of the (laughs) gems of the where sea or you know whatever oasis um and and so you know those those floating Dubais. (laughs) (laughs) Dubai's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's, uh, so I, I get, and then, then if your first time cruising is on a fantasy class, I can also see how some people might, that might reinforce their beliefs. Um, especially if it's a younger person, like a teenager, kind of going, there's really nothing for me to do here. However, conversely, though, if you were to go on a Vista class and then you're just like, wow, like there's all the things you can do here. Like this is so great for family because the adults can go here and the kids can go here and the teens can go here and the singles can go here and the gamblers, like and everywhere 
everyone has somewhere they can go on the panorama class and on the dream class. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's there there actually is something for everyone, literally even for babies. Um, and so <laughs> well, it's I think two, I think under two, under gets two, a little yeah, dicey. no, under two, yeah. And so <laughs> even for toddlers, um, yeah. but um, two and older. Uh, but it's it's. So I really like that about about the the, the two older classes. So I, I understand why, um, you know, Julian is also choosing Panorama uh, because, yeah, especially now that he's getting a little bit older, like he's, there's going to be so much because he just turned of an age that um, once now that he's on the ship, he has so, so, so much freedom because there are certain things that have age limitations that, you know, they, they just no longer apply now. Um, so that's going to be fantastic for him. I'm really looking forward to his next cruise. As a result. Yeah, I think we're all very much looking forward to our next cruise. Yeah. I imagine you are as well, if you've ever been before, uh, dear yeah. listener. Uh, one thing about um, Carnival, though, is uh, I, I think there is a misconception that they are geared specifically towards families. And I don't know that that's entirely fair. I think that they're geared towards pretty much everyone. Yeah. I mean, their, their slogan is all about fun. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, they got Shaq, their chief fun officer, mm-hmm. choose fun <laughs> is their slogan. uh, and choose fun is their, their hashtag and slogan. So I think that it's anyone who sort of enjoys fun, which should be most, almost anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you might want to go for peace and quiet. I can appreciate that. Absolutely. And peace and quiet is difficult to call fun necessarily, but maybe that's how they define fun. Yeah. And so other cruise lines might offer more peace and quiet. Uh, you know, there's often music playing a, almost everywhere in the ship, uh, you know, other than your cabin <laughs> that's up to you that part um and so that's one of the things i love about cruising is that it is incredibly safe yep. that you can let your kid run around to a degree absolutely uh you know uh you know within their level of maturity um <laughs> but uh it's 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 safe for them but also uh the diversity of the people that you'll encounter uh you know all races and economic classes genders people from all over the world orientations any any way you can slice that pie uh i mean obviously there's a certain subsistence level where people can't afford cruises below a certain amount but carnival has made it so affordable uh for so many people uh that it's great i, I still remember my mother being very excited about meeting a woman from russia yeah. uh while in line uh for a show i think uh and they became you know sort of fast friends during that cruise uh and and she came back and she was like i've never met a russian before this was so amazing <laughs> and um, i'm like hi <laughs> And uh, yeah, well, some mixed mixed uh, uh, background there, but this was like someone who lives <laughs> yeah, like yeah, nominally yeah. in Russia, uh, and so just like that sort of thing, I think it's fantastic. You can encounter people from all over the world mm-hmm. uh, on a cruise with so many different backgrounds. It's one of the reasons I love dining with strangers. Yeah, is it, you know hearing some of their stories, and I mean, I believe an important part of travel is to broaden your mind and your perspectives to different possibilities, different ways of living, and so talking to somebody who worked at the Defense Department. And talking about somebody who's a sanitation engineer and talking to somebody who works on an assembly line all at one table uh, and seeing how they have different takes on different things. and uh, But we all have the shared enjoyment of this shared vacation. Yeah. So we have this commonality. So we're so incredibly different, but we have this thread that weaves through it. And so it's all so friendly yeah. and so accessible and so easy. And so I really like that kind of that melting pot mosaic sort of dimension of it as well. For sure. Uh, and so uh, a lot of times when I see people say things, Things like, uh, you know, uh, Carnival's the Walmart of cruising. That kind of classist argument upsets me uh, when, you know, when when they say things like, oh, Carnival's just for kids or cruising is just for old people. All of that is about excluding people. Yeah, and and, uh, and it's really it's it, it. That was one of the things that struck me early on that I enjoyed so much is that uh, when there is so much diversity, it's hard not to feel welcome Absolutely. because it's hard to exclude someone when everyone's there. <laughs> mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about on this particular podcast episode? Did we want to talk about what we actually did on our road trip? Sure. Yeah, uh, we we gave you some broad strokes about what we've did what we did on this trip, but let's talk about some specific things that we did on this particular vacation. So our um our first uh, attraction that we stopped at was Hell's Gate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was that was fantastic. So some things about Hell's Gate. We first went there, I did, with John on our very first trip in 2001. It was June of 2001. You can watch a very grainy video that we shot in 2001 on like high 8 that I transferred yeah. to my computer with a capture card back in the day. I had to capture the video and the audio separately. It's like 114 pixels it's like, high. It's like this. The resolution, so but then on YouTube it blows it up, so it's all pixelated. Um, and so, anyways, that so that was nice because it was kind of like a throwback to that first trip, mm-hmm. uh, being able to stop there and and show a couple of people who had never never been to it before. So to explain what Hell's Gate is, it's an air tram, which is basically a funicular that goes across the Fraser River. And it's built by the Swiss, so you know you can trust it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, it, you know, uh, and so in the days of COVID, one of the things that the attraction has done, amongst other things, is they give you a temperature check when you go in. They point a laser at any point in your body that's, you know, appropriate, appropriate. to be exposed. Forehead. I went forehead, uh, mm-hmm. and, went forehead. and they followed suit. Uh, but it was funny because I was like, oh, I got to point at my forehead. And they're like, if that's where you want us to point it. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah let's go with that. <laughs> uh, and so that was, so, you know, that's a no contact way of checking a temperature. We all passed. So that was a good sign. Glad to, glad to hear it. I felt we all felt fine. We wouldn't have gone if we didn't. Uh, you know, masks were mandated, and they were cleaning the uh, the trams uh, between use, and they were only operating every other tram. Yeah, and they had a limit of only twenty percent guest capacity, and you can only pre buy and book your tickets. Mm-hmm. So you can't just show up with a lot of cash in your hand. You have to go online, prepay, and select a date and a time yeah. so that they can control the access. Now the time gives you a window, and they like you to show up ten minutes early, but they were pretty flexible. We were a little late because the signage on the turnaround coming from Vancouver wasn't fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that that worked out. And, and so we went in and uh, the people were lovely. Yeah. They had shut down the fudge factory and the, uh, the gold panning uh, activity area, uh, which I think Julian was disappointed about because it looked fun. Uh, but they had the gift shop to open with a with limited capacity. Uh, and so, again, one of the, the weird things about traveling during COVID is that it was so deserted. Mm-hmm. We did a live stream from that on our YouTube channel. You can go check out if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a brief little 10-minute thing um, talking about our experience. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and one thing that's interesting, though, is I, I was reading after that about how COVID so rarely um, transfers through uh, surfaces. Mm-hmm. And so the, the article I was reading was criticizing, saying that it's almost like, that. you know how they call the TSA security theater? They say that this is like, uh, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, and so, you know, that's interesting. Is is that making a huge impact, I wonder? Uh, and maybe it is psychological, but if that makes people feel more comfortable, and even if it cuts down on a very small amount of the spread, I'm all for it. Well, and also if it reminds them, oh, yeah, no, I should probably wipe down too. Like, yeah, then it, it raises awareness yeah. that way and keeps it front of mind so that you're, yeah, you're a little bit more careful yeah, about I'm, I'm wearing okay with that kind of theater. Like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it wasn't, and because they're only operating 20% guest capacity and because you pre-book your time, we didn't wait very long at all. It was yeah. a fairly quick process. They had it down to a, to a very quick routine, which yeah. I thought was, was great. Um, and so for me, it was, it was definitely fun going back and, and having it be a little bit uh, more empty. The, when I went there with John, we actually interviewed random people for a gag that we did mm-hmm. in the video about uh, the fact that John was expecting fire and brimstone 
Stone from Hell's Gate. Uh, so we had interviewed all these people, uh, and and there was that you know that was kind of funny. One thing that was also funny in that video is we were taking the tram across, and there's a tram operator who gives you a brief history of the tram in the area. The person who was giving that presentation in 2001 had a very thick accent to the point where we barely understood what they were saying. The only words I could make out was, and that was a giant big disaster for all the salmon fishes. <laughs> I poured over the video that we filmed of that, and those were the only words I could make out. Numerous times. Uh, when I was editing it and stuff uh, all yeah. the way back in 2001. So uh, uh, we're on it again, and there's another person with a, you know, a, a different accent, but also very thick that was uh, easier to understand. Yes. Uh, but there was at one point the line where I heard, big disaster for the salmon fishes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I was like, they haven't changed the script, <laughs> which in a way is good because now when we filmed it this time, hopefully we can actually parse what they were saying yeah. a little bit more clearly. We can, do, we can put that into the subtitles on YouTube when we put that yeah, video. Yeah, you can retcon the subtitles. But in a way, I love how it hadn't changed. So yeah. very little had changed, but it was so well maintained. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's a lovely, like, historical uh, mix, but like, you know, with, with modern maintenance. So what was what was your sort of uh, um, feelings around uh, doing that for the first time, the Hell's Gate thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I was... A, and it's weird. I really like doing trams and funiculars and all that. I love those. But I, I, I start bugging out, honestly, when I... It's, it it's, starts off very rocky. Your, yeah, like, initial it, descent. It was... So I, you know, I was kind of starting to uh, feel kind of a certain kind of way about the idea of going on um, this tram. And I was like... Oh. It was really steep. <laughs> but then you saw the what Swiss river. made, and that helped. That, that did help. But no, I was <laughs> sitting there going, oh, the river's really rough here, and I will die immediately. <laughs> like, and so I was kind of... But yeah, no, legit, I saw that it was a Swiss made funicular. I'm like, well, the Swiss know they're funicular, so I feel like maybe well, they I got can trust... Right? I can trust... Exactly. So mm -hmm. I figured I could trust it a little bit better. Um, and yeah. And was, then, it, was it nice having something different to be afraid of for a change? Yeah. <laughs> and then In these strange days. And then we, we get on and, and um, our landlord had loaned me her, um, their well, walker. Um, yeah. And so I came on with that and... and, and they the, advertise on their website that it's wheelchair accessible. Uh, and that's true to a degree. There's yeah. a suspension bridge that is not quite as accessible. If you have someone pushing you, you could go. But if you were in a wheelchair on your own, it was not motorized. It's a little too steep. Yeah. Um, but for the main attraction, yeah. Yes, it is oh, yeah, 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 right, definitely. Um, but yeah, and and I was just like just death gripping onto everything as we're going it was down. Um, and uh, I, I was I was tripping. I was not happy. Uh, I, I mean, I, I settled down eventually, but then there was rocking out. Like stop rocking! <laughs> um, it wasn't and, me, I swear. And then, <laughs> but no, it was fantastic. Yeah, and it was there's a lot of. <laughs> there are a lot of options to to sit uh, for for people who want to sit for people again who have mobility issues, um, and uh, yeah, it really wasn't all that busy, which was really fantastic. So you can kind of it was really easy for everyone to maintain social distancing and whatnot. And find a seat. Um, and available. they only put like six or seven people at most on the because uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had maybe eight, sorry, um, uh, going down and, Just and a, yeah, almost like half no, that No more than up. three or four groups, I think. Yeah, and, and they were fairly small groups. And then we had that cool guy who ran in, who liked your t-shirt. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Off. There's the Vacation Impossible t-shirt. We have two designs. The first one has like a giant animated my head uh, coming out of a ship and the website for our YouTube channel. Yeah. And so the guy comes up to me as we're getting off the first tram and he says, uh, hey, what does it say on your shirt? And so mm -hmm. I launched onto my little elevator bitch mm -hmm. and sales and I was like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we're a travel channel and we'll get you hooked on cruises and we'll show you how to do it cheaply and, mm -hmm. you know, more often and all that stuff. Guy whips out his phone and subscribes right away. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
I mean, it, it, it wasn't quite as cool as when I was on the Carnival Vista in January and somebody came up to me because they recognized yeah. me from the YouTube channel and asked to get their picture taken with me. That was the coolest thing. I think I talked about it in the last podcast, yeah. but that was still awesome. I think I awesome. hearing about that. Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I've I absolutely enjoyed uh, um, Hell's Gate. It's just it's it's funny though because I've lived in Vancouver most of my life, um, and that was my first time um, coming going to Hell's Gate. And I used to live in in that region, closest to that region. So whenever I'd go between Vancouver and where I used to live, I pass Boston Bar where Hell's Gate is all the time, and I'm constantly driving past it. And I would think to myself, oh, one of these days I should check it out. And, you know, 30, almost 40 years later, I finally do. I booked it without checking yeah. <laughs> if they wanted to go. I'm like, no, we're doing this. We're yeah. doing this. Thing. I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you did that. Uh, and, in, and that's, um, that's one of the things about like what the times we're living in is that I am, I'm constantly saying that, you know, we're a Canadian travel channel and podcast and we want to, you know, show people how wonderful Canada is as a travel destination. And then I always end up on cruises because mm-hmm. I'm addicted to cruises, yeah. uh, or, you know, I'll be in Vegas or I'll end up on a, an amusement park somewhere in California or Florida. So it's, um, you know, uh, it, it is forcing me to kind of be true to my word because I, I have always wanted to do these more of these sorts of videos. Mm-hmm. And so it's been lovely being able to to, to record that and, and uh, experience these things, some of them new, some of them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian, what did you think of Hell's Gate? No, I was expecting to have the gate to hell. <laughs> uh, Much and... like John on that first trip, I think. Mm-hmm. You were expecting more fire and brimstone? No, uh, I, I was expecting a bit of fire. You wanted a literal gate. I wanted a little, little Not just the gate we went through but to get also, on the tram. Well, also, it wasn't hell. No one was watching Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was almost heavenly in parts. Yep, absolutely. And there's a really nice Anukshuk that uh, someone had built. Yes, um, I, I took so. pictures of that. I Though, was addicted to pic- taking pictures. This. Yeah, we got a burgeoning photographer here. Yeah, he grabbed the DSLR and just uh, took to it like a fish to water. So uh, make sure you check out our Instagram, uh, on, you know, Vacation Impossible on Instagram, as mm-hmm. we'll be slowly uh, sharing these pictures over the coming months, uh, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as people aren't necessarily able to travel. You can live vicariously through our pictures. And then uh, I guess after Hell's Gate, uh, we. Uh, um, I kind of ran into some friends that I don't know town I used to live in. Um, so it's, it's, high. it's like if Arizona and Canada had a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I said hi to some friends and and uh, um, uh, yeah, it was a really really nice first day. We're really kind of we took we took every day kind of really slowly, um, just because I have to drive and and sometimes just being upright for more than a few hours just gets to be a bit much for me. Um, as so. well as we didn't know what kind of COVID impacts Absolutely. we were going to encounter. And Absolutely. we didn't, like, rushing, I think, is an easy way to make some of those mistakes mm-hmm. that could put you and others at risk. Mm-hmm. And so when I was planning this trip, very intentionally not ambitious yeah. in the usual vacation impossible sense. Yeah. Normally I'm going as far and as long and as crazy as possible. Yeah. Uh, but for this one, we took it as slow and as careful as yeah, possible absolutely. to give us time. Yeah, um, and then what was it that we did when we finally arrived in Vernon? Yeah, for the first day, we actually did quite a lot of stuff, uh, but we did it in like really kind of bite-sized pieces, which was really great um, for, I think, all of us for various reasons. Um, I started, I, I randomly kind of to- coined the phrase tapas tourism, uh, which yeah. I guess is a bit, um, and so it's really just kind of just taking, rather than kind of having a day where you're planning, okay, today I'm going to do this day and I'm going to plan this and I'm going to da 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 and it just and it kind of have everything very very structured and itinerized. Um, is that a word? Um, uh, itemized, itemized. <laughs> um, 
and and just kind of and and doing like eighteen months worth of research on this one vineyard or whatever, like um, we used to do when we would go to Europe. Yeah. We'd spend a whole year planning it down to the down to the train we take to get to the other train. <laughs> and, yeah, and so you know, this day we just kind of were like, okay, well, you know, who wants to do something now? Okay, I want to do this. All right, when we went there and we let's spent like search Google or let's go to this thing that you had previously researched, but we weren't committed to a particular day or time. Yeah, and so we were like, okay, you know, we spend an hour or two there, and they're like, okay, what's next? And then and so we would just, so we wanted actually. What's everyone feeling up to as well? Oh, so it was very that. dynamic and flexible for whatever the needs were for the moment. Yeah, and it's kind of like, oh, hey, you know, this sounds really good. Right, well, I'll head there, and you know, if we need one of us needs to call an audible, we'll call an audible, and then do something else. And so it was really, really fantastic that uh, that we were able to just just take like little um bite-sized pieces out of yeah. out of the place and 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 see a lot of stuff and and for someone like myself um uh again not to constantly draw on on the mobility issue thing but it's it's um it's really exciting um for someone who has chronic uh, fatigue syndrome and who has you know mobility issues uh, to know that there is a way to to still travel um, and and enjoy yourself and really kind of soak up all of the travel that you want to do. Um, but you just have to kind of find a different way to do it. And so we just found a different way to do it that works for everyone involved. Um, so, you know, both Ray and Julian aren't feeling like they're being shorted uh, because I'm just too exhausted. Um, but I'm also not feeling like I'm being shorted because I'm too exhausted. Um, and so, yeah, that was really, it was a really, really fun trip because we, 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 wound up doing a fair bit of stuff we just did a little bit of a fair bit of stuff yeah we didn't go too deep in any one thing yeah. so it is sort of that appetizer tourism or the beer flight of tourism yeah. if you like yeah there you go uh where you just get a little taste of a whole lot of different things um and you're kind of flexible into how you want to do that so some of the things we did is we went to um the uh the okanagan science center yeah. which is in vernon so this is a two-floor science facility now here's a weird thing about vernon <laughs> here we go when we when we when we went to the hotel that had the little creek going through it on the outside it was so frankly unimpressive that we thought we had the wrong address mm -hmm. uh and we triple checked uh all of us on our phones and so yeah. we yeah we um but we eventually were like no this, this is the place and so we were prepared for it not to be great judging by the exterior yeah. and then we walk in because we'd seen the interior pictures that made it look like cavernous yeah uh and, and it lavish. looks only like two three floors from the outside we go in one of the things is they kind of go down one floor floor yeah. in their courtyard area and so it looked lovely on the inside but on the outside largely unremarkable this was the vernon prestige um hotel and conference center i think and or lodge i think in Dunham. vernon yeah the vernon prestige lodge yeah and, and conference, and conference center. center yeah uh and because there was also another hotel had a similar name with prestige in it so we thought we would gotten street. it mixed up on the same street uh, and so anyways, when we go inside, it's lovely. So then later we go to the science center and on the outside, it looks like a disused post office or something. It really does. Uh, you know, it's, it's like two floors, you know, it, it, barely. Uh, and it looks kind of run down. We went inside and it was actually pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's obviously smaller because it's serving, I think a smaller community. Uh, and they were just a few days away from massive renovations where they were going to be pulling out exhibits and putting new ones in. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there was a lot there that was sort of, uh, under repair incomplete 
things like that. Uh, but the things that they did have were quite nice. The yeah. second floor is largely dedicated to space and uh, atmospheric sciences, which I enjoyed. And we did do a live stream from there as well that you can check out on our YouTube channel where I actually walked around on the second floor. Uh, one limitation there was the fact that there are only stairs, it seemed, to get to the second yeah. floor. Now, admittedly, we didn't ask any of the staff, uh, but it just it, we didn't see anything apparent. Yeah. And that was part of why I did the live stream is for people who might not be able to, with accessibility challenges to be able to see that second floor. So, um, yeah, we did that. Uh, and that was that pretty nice. spacesuit? Uh, yeah, they had a cosmonaut spacesuit there that was on loan from Chris Hatfield, which is crazy. I'm like, why does Chris Hatfield has a, co- a cosmonaut spacesuit? I don't know. But it's also crazy because it had all this stitching in it. And I'm like, stitching's not airtight. I would not go to space with this. Well, and, <laughs> and it was a Japanese cosmonaut. It yeah, was, it was like, yeah, it was it was the International Space Station of outfits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though it was it was obviously older with the stitching and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of cool. And so for the three of us to do that, it was about $20. Yeah. For the three of us to do Hell's Gate was about $100. Uh, so that's two adults and one teen. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was uh, what you got for what you paid was reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I would recommend it for that. And I think perhaps when they're at sort of full function, uh, it, you know, it, it would be a little bit more impressive than it was. But it, it has a lot of potential. Some of the things they did was really quite uh, smart. They had this thing about um, how heavy would a um, carton of milk be on the different planets in the moon of the solar system. Really? Uh, and so one you lift up and it's the mass of like, you know, it, it's as heavy as that. And then you pick up the one on the moon and it just, you know, it's one sixth the weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they'd fill it with sand or something to simulate, but it really worked. And then you go, you pick, and I took a look and I'm like, okay, I know the heaviest will be Jupiter and the second heaviest will be Saturn. And I was right. And I picked it up and I'm like, <laughs> the other one, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so like little things like that, that was a really tactile way of understanding how weight would be different on different planets yeah. because of the size of the planet, stuff like that. I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ample parking, uh, partly because it was largely deserted. I think there was only two other groups there the yeah. whole time we were there. Um, but that was across the street from Paulson Park, which we found ourselves going to frequently. Lovely park. Um, they're, they're ducks. You can go feed the ducks. We obviously recommend going to a pet store and getting proper uh, bird feed like we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't give them human food because there's problems there. Yeah. But um, uh, And there's park benches. Uh, there's lots of space. We were able to play some Frisbee. Um, and so we find ourselves going back there often rather than eating in our car. We did one day eat in our car. We got some A&W and ate in the car. Uh, you know, like... Um, uh, like it was a car hop of old, yeah, <laughs> except yeah. we did that ourselves, basically. But then once we found Pulsa Park, we were like, oh, that was our mainstay uh, and sort of our outdoor eatery, which mm-hmm. was nice. We get the food somewhere and then go drive there. Yeah. Uh, so that was lovely. Uh, and then we went to, at one point, I think it was in Armstrong, the, what's the? Log, the Log Barn. Log Barn. Yeah. This thing is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, stay tuned to the YouTube channel and Instagram to see pictures and video of this mm-hmm. place. Uh Dinosaur statues, goats and horses you can feed and pet. Uh, you can't feed and pet the dinosaurs because they're statues. Um, they, 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 they got rocking chairs and all sorts of like food. They've got honey and cherries and beef jerky and sausages. I iced tea. Uh, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Uh, they were selling masks. They had a yeah. sign honoring uh, uh, nurses about nurses being superheroes too. We certainly want to second that. 100%. Uh, everything that the doctors and nurses, research scientists, people uh, all fighting this uh, the situation we're in right now, as well as first responders, Cleaning paramedics, 
uh, firefighters, police, uh, cleaning staff, uh, also um, people working in grocery stores, the clerks, stocking, uh, postal service people, all these people who are keeping things working during these difficult times. Uh, We definitely want to take a moment uh, uh, and and say thank you to all of them because they're the the ones making all this other stuff possible. And they're the ones that are going to get us to uh, traveling again uh, more freely. Uh, and so it was lovely seeing that sign. But this place was incredibly eclectic. And here's the weird thing. So much of it was free. Yeah. There's no admission. I can't believe they don't charge admission. I mean, I'm not complaining. But like this, you can go to for free. Mm-hmm. You can get feed for 25 cents to go feed the animals. And then, of course, I mean, you know, they. Um, I don't think they had the ice. The ice cream stand was closed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most everything else was open. And they, they did seem to have like the, the, the what was it, the, the beef uh, pepperoni stick thing I got. Uh, that was, that was delicious. Um, you know, so like they, uh, they, I guess do very well from the things that they sell because the things that they do sell is very good. Yeah. I had a butter tart. That was insane. Uh, so this place is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just like, you're driving down the road and oh, a dinosaur is there. And is that a goat on a bridge? What is happening? Yeah. Let's pull over and check this thing out. So stay tuned. We'll have more pictures and video. uh, Oh, and there's a maze. There's a hay maze. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, there's kind of a short maze. So you can kind of see over it's for younger kids, but Mm -hmm. that was cool. That was amazing. Uh, we did Margaret Falls uh, in, in, Sunny Bray, so in, in so it's kind of in a more a uh, little bit past Simon Arm, so it's a slightly more rural area of BC. Um, and yeah, it's it's in it's the a bit sun- of a walk, but it's worth doing. Yeah, it's a Sunny Bay Sunny Bray Regional Park, and in there there's the Margaret Falls. Um, uh, now I would have benefited absolutely from a couple walking sticks, and so I managed to kind of hunt down a stick uh but uh, forage what you need the walk the the walk itself wasn't too arduous it's just a bit on the long side so if you You are crossing bridges back and forth to get to it and And so after a point i mean it's beautiful but you're kind of like are we really making progress here yeah (laughs) it it isn't the most direct route but but then boom suddenly waterfall yeah and and you're and there's this really yeah there's this walk out that you get to go to so you're like standing right in front of this uh, a stunning waterfall lots of Um, pictures coming on the instagram and uh yeah that, that was just I'm so glad we did that. Um, and then, and then earlier we had done Bridal Falls briefly on the way to Hell's Gate as mm-hmm. well, uh, and that was that was quite nice. Bit of an uphill walk. Um, yeah, I fought for that one. That was that was <laughs> it was. It's only 15 minutes, so it's not very long, but it is substantially uphill. Yeah. Um, and so that was. I, I mean, Bridal Falls versus um, the other falls, which Margaret which, Falls. Margaret falls mm-hmm. Which did you? It find more impressive. Personally, I like the Margaret Falls one. Yeah, uh, it just uh, seemed more impressive. It made me feel like I was at Jurassic Park. Yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't even know that's what I wanted, but I did. Apparently, I wanted that Jurassic Park feel without the dinosaurs. The, the walk absolutely felt like Jurassic Park too. Uh, yeah, it, it was the Lost it, World. It was absolutely the Lost World, and it was so great as a result. Um, what Vince Vaughn and Susan Sarandon were in there. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was. It was of beautiful 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 walk i mean i had a bit of an emotional breakdown uh in bridal falls but that was just the physical intensity physical. and it, it was unexpected how uphill it we was. didn't we had no idea like, I, I, I never been have, before i wouldn't have done it had i known i would have just waited in the car for the guys yeah but, but, you guys, uh, but i got to see it and it was beautiful too and and i get why a lot of people go to that um and um uh yeah but no but margaret falls was absolutely far and away even without all that stuff with bridal uh far and away prettier and just more fun and the walk was just more fun and 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 Mm -hmm. um, more to see along the way 
yeah, there's all these like really kind of cool caves, and it almost looked like it was kind of carved into in this non-destructive way. Go yeah. well before sundown; it gets a little yes. creepy as the sun starts to set. Maybe that's part of where that Jurassic Park feeling. Yeah, came maybe. From. Yeah, and uh, and it's and it's kind of out of the way, so there's not that many people. Like it wasn't deserted or anything like that, but we weren't constantly encountering people the way we were at uh, Bridal Falls. I felt. Yeah. Um, so I like that, and people were pretty pretty good, even though no one was really wearing masks. People were just still really good about kind of keeping the distance. Yeah. Um, and so, and that, that was sort of a theme. So we were often going to provincial parks, municipal parks, mm-hmm. going for a little walk, finding a place to sit down, feed some ducks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that we were able to do relatively safely. Uh, you know, we saw some amazing things just driving around. You could see from your car mm-hmm. and then you can get out where you don't really see many people. It's very easy to socially distance. You don't have to touch a whole lot of things at all. Um, and yet you're still able to see some amazing sites, some amazing lakes and waterfalls and things like that. Some easy uh hiking trails all over the place all of that was uh that was that was something that was an easy go-to when we weren't sure what we wanted to do next yeah uh we went looking for some fruit stands at one point <laughs> um but it seems that a lot of the fruit stands have uh conglomerated and moved closer to town yeah. oddly uh so the side of the royal fruits fruit stand that you're used to seeing in the okanagan is a little less common than you yeah. might remember um and so you want to be uh maybe particular because some of the prices you encounter won't be those great prices you remember either mm-hmm. um, but we were able to get some really nice uh you know fresh nectarines and some other things which was pretty good yeah the blueberries are fantastic uh, i still gotta try those <laughs> <laughs> uh and so yeah that was uh but i think i think it really kind of all comes down to being flexible um and vernon is really good like for us uh, vernon isn't a good waypoint on the way to somewhere just because we live in vancouver and vernon's only about five hours away um so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense um, i don't know that we ever would have come here if it wasn't for the situation we find ourselves exactly in. um but for people who are like you know avid day hikers mm-hmm. uh, vernon is a really really fantastic place to go and have that kind of be your 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 waypoint your base of operations, um, base of operations yeah. your camp um and just you know part yourself at a hotel um or b&b or wherever um and There's tons of day trips a, little day tri- a day trip to armstrong a day trip here a day trip there and you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a fantastic trail to, to hike. Um, so do not murder cats. Please don't. Vacation Impossible <laughs> loves kitty cats. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's a ton of places where uh, if you really enjoy day hikes, if you uh, and anywhere like between uh, anywhere between a twenty minute hike to uh, you know three hour hike, five hour hike, there are so 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 many options um, all over um, the interior in that particular region. Um, and so I absolutely would recommend. Um, doing that uh, and going there um, and just definitely be flexible like tonight even or today not tonight but when we were driving back um, we wanted to well I wanted to swing by a, a winery um, and I was kind of hoping to kind of swing by Quail's, na- uh, Quail's Gate um, because that is the winery that President Obama um, got his wine from for his inauguration um, so it's always kind of a bit of a point of pride and it happens to be one of the few uh, white wine varietals that I like and, and so I was like ah let's go to Quail's Gate let's get some Obama wine it was packed. No social distancing Everyone there. Everyone wanted Obama wine. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd want to be in that lineup if it was even without COVID. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, even pre-COVID, I would have I would have bailed. Um, so we wound up going across the street to this lovely, lovely well, winery. Down the road. Um, yeah, <laughs> down down the road, um, across the highway. Yeah. Um, from this, which uh, is uh, uh, called the Indigenous World Winery, um, and they have very amazing views, very lovely, an absolutely gorgeous view lovely of staff, of Okanagan. Very nice people. Yeah, uh, really really good prices. Um, so, yeah, just be, just be really flexible uh, with, with these road trips now, too, especially right now, um, because we just you just don't know with pro- COVID protocols what might um, 
kind of put a kibosh on a plan that you just didn't know ahead of time, right? Well, like there's a community that we drove by on the way uh, called Spuzzum where there was a sign that just said their whole community was closed to visitors. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, research beforehand if at all you can, uh, but also just don't fall in love with an idea. I mean, that's good advice generally speaking, but mm-hmm. particularly in these challenging times, remain flexible, mm-hmm. keep an open mind, and maybe a park bench is the party you're looking for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that last park. <laughs> Yeah. So just, you know, you can plug park into Google Maps. Mm-hmm. If you've downloaded the area as an offline mm-hmm. map, get a bunch of options, go check it out. And Absolutely. we've had, like, well, I don't think we found one we didn't like. No, 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 not a single one. And so, I mean, that's the, that's the BC, British Columbia experience. But, uh, you know, for your own province and state, wherever you might be located listening to us, uh, I know we have uh, audience members in Sioux Falls, for example, and things like that. You've probably, you know, shout out to Gutang, uh, one of our uh, Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we've got uh, another Patreon supporter from uh, New Zealand, uh, John of Stupid Robot Fighting League. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to our two uh, Patreon supporters there, a couple we want to feature uh, yeah. because they've been long-term supporters of us. Um, but even, you know, locally there, uh, you know, there's... There's likely places that you can go with relative safety uh, to do things like that. And so like this might be just sort of a good back to nature time. And that kind of, I think, makes sense because if we're spending a lot of time indoors in our homes with our technology that, you know, is thankfully keeping us connected. um, But getting back to nature is therefore different and a nice break to that. And so, you know, get away from a crowd, take off your mask and, and, and breathe some fresh air. Yeah, and fall in love with your backyard again. Yeah, and, and in, inadvertently or intentionally support local uh, businesses and smaller businesses sure. in the ways, uh, you know. They need your help more than any... any smaller businesses help. have trouble accessing capital for loans to get them through this difficult time than larger businesses that have deeper pockets to absorb yeah. these impacts. And so that's why people make that a priority. And so on that note, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think this is this is a this is our podcast <laughs> in these unusual those that, times. Those of you that are still here, yeah. <laughs> to those of you who've made it this late yeah. in the show, oh. dedication. Thank you so much for absolutely. listening. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube as well, thank you for subscribing. Hopefully, clicking like, give us a review if you're on iTunes, something like that. Feel free to reach out to us if you've got questions mm-hmm. or suggestions on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, comment on a video whatever you like let us know do you honestly think that what we did was smart do you think we're crazy do you think that we took too many risks or do you think that maybe we were paranoid in the precautions we took very curious to hear your thoughts uh, about all of that and uh, we look forward to hopefully recording another podcast for you the next time we travel now for this podcast we have uh, not a whole lot of rules but one of them is we try to always record on location yeah uh, when someone is on vacation now we cheated that a couple of times when Mike came to Vancouver because it was he was on vacation so we recorded in our house a couple of times um but let us know if this is something like would you like us to continue restricting it to only when we travel would you like us to cover some topics uh, uh from home what kind of things would you like to hear us talking about in the future Absolutely. uh you know is it appropriate to be talking about cruises right now and our favorite ships and things like that do you think that that is a good choice or not uh, let us know we'd love love to hear your thoughts um and otherwise just uh you know take care wash your hands Stay home as much as you can and uh, just be kind to yourself. Let yourself off the hook a little uh, in these difficult times. Not everyone has to go learn another language during all this lockdown. Uh, You can just sit back, listen to a podcast like ours if you want to pass the time, whatever keeps you happy and sane. Uh, Be kind to yourself and others and take care. And we will see you sometime in the future. Probably, you know, not likely earlier than December, probably more like next year. Um, But uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. this time we really appreciate it it's uh, fantastic yeah, so, love you guys thanks so much for listening we'll see you next Bye. time